0: Welcome to MCSO Behind the Badge, an inside look at the Monroe County Sheriff's Office in Rochester, New York, under the leadership of Sheriff Todd Baxter. We're going to talk about what drives us, our leadership culture, our police work, and share some stories of the great deputies and civilian staff that work with us. We're going to talk with interesting guests, and we're going to invite you to engage in the conversation, or just sit back, relax, and listen in. Now let's get in pursuit of today's show. We thank Tommy Burnett from Fairport, New York, for that great bumper music. It's just uh, motivating. Great guy, great supporter of law enforcement in the town of Fairport here in Monroe County. My name is Todd Baxter. I'm the sheriff of Monroe County, Rochester, New York, uh, behind the badge. This is our 51st episode. Uh, very excited to have a couple of uh, fine deputies with me. Deputy Phil, how you doing? Good,
1: sir. How are you? Good. Glad to Wh- be here.
0: Who's your counterpart over here? This is Deputy Sal You want to introduce him or you want to... You're going to let him do it himself? He'll do it himself. You know, okay, But uh, these fine gentlemen work in our Monroe County Sheriff's Office Community Services Unit and uh, really are, are the, if you will, the lifeblood of the Sheriff's Office, reaching out into the community, building relationships, uh, building our brand, uh, making people understand or hope they understand better what we do, and, and lots of programs. That's what we're going to talk about. But I was joking earlier. Phil, why don't you take up a second to just to introduce yourself to the audience. Who are you?
1: So my name is Phil Fantanza. I've been uh, with the Monroe County Sheriff's Office since 1997. Uh, in those years, I've had various roles. I started uh, as a road patrol officer. I did most of my career on the road patrol, pushing around the then red and white cars. Oh, yeah, wow. Well, you're yeah, old. No, thanks a lot. <laughs> the red and white cars. Um, so I did about 18 years on the road, mm-hmm. and then I came to the community service unit as one of my uh, first extracurricular kind of jobs with the sheriff's office, and I've been here since uh 2017. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm an FTO, Field Training Officer. I'm part of our hostage uh, negotiation team. So I've had ver- some various roles throughout the department in my career.
2: That's great. Thanks for uh, taking a little time. Mm-hmm. Sal.
1: Yes, sir. It's a
2: hard act to follow. It is tough. Where are uh, you? Salatory. I've been with the sheriff's office since 2008. Uh, most of my time in road patrol has been in A zone. I worked uh, A zone first platoon and then also second platoon. I am certified uh, EVOC and PT instructor. EVOC would be what? PT Emergency vehicle op- operation course. There so you go. Learning how to drive the cars. How oh, not to crash our police cars. Exactly. <laughs> I'm also a uh, child passenger safety technician, so get involved with the car seats with the community. That's a funny
0: one. Though. Mary and I are going to be grandparents in January. So, you know, we just went through the whole car seat buying thing and, and assembling all the cribs and all that. And with our son and our beautiful daughter, and and the car seat just became so dynamic. There's like 15 different parts, and the kid will grow over like the first four or five years with this car seat. And, uh, great Greatco, Great company. I mean, it was pretty simple stuff, but I don't think people realize it unless you're going to have a baby soon,
2: how involved the car seat is. So true. And I went to the one-week technician school and realized at the end of that week, uh, oops. Maybe I was doing things wrong really? for my kids, you know, because there's How so much to you know. Yeah. It is. I mean, but YouTube helps out so much these days. But we'll, we'll touch on that. Yeah. If it's okay. I just did. Yeah. I, I got you, some You more. running this show? I don't know. I really thought it was pretty good. We'll get that later.
0: <laughs> Two guys that like to talk in here. <laughs> You got a program I don't know? <laughs> I love busting chops. Hey, oh, so let, let's hit on it. The, the, come right. on, I'm, in, yeah. I'm interested. This, this okay, whole car so, seat thing is. Yeah. So I used to pay in Greece when I was the chief out there. I, I never knew about this program. I went out there, and the firefighters and cops were putting in these car seats. People would drive up, and you'd actually put it in for the person the first time and, of course, show them so they could do it themselves. Yes.
2: And you, I didn't realize it was a week-long school, to tell you the truth. Right, so Child Passenger Safety Program is offered by the Monroe County Office of Traffic Safety. And Gene uh leads that program. It basically promotes proper use of the child safety seats. Right. There are, as you mentioned, fitting stations that go around. So let's say, for example, Eco Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done it at Walmart, Delta Sonic, where it's just you know available. People hear about it and they can drive up. Right. There, throughout that program, there are certain people that qualify for free car seats. So that's something that. Mm-hmm. It so is, is that available. grant funded? I mean, where, where yes. does where does yeah. the free come from? Yeah, Gene um, is the one that heads up oh, that that's, grant. That's so. Neat.
1: It comes from the governor's traffic safety initiative.
2: So obviously the program is critical in in terms of child passenger and making sure that they're safe and it's all following best practice based on federally approved car seats. There are some things like, for example, best practice, kids should be in the back seat until age 13. Right. Effective November of last year, all front and back seat occupants must use a seatbelt. All. Doesn't matter age anymore, weight limits. So, you know, obviously if, if, you know, we find someone that's not, the, as far as enforcement, under age 16, the driver's going to get the ticket. Mm-hmm. Over 16, then the individual will get it. Even gotcha. if they're in the back seat, it's not their choice anymore. That right. that law changed. Uh, all children under the age of eight must use an appropriate car seat or booster seat. So this is all based on height and weight. And then under age four, they must be in a harnessed car seat attached to the vehicle seat. Right. Uh, lastly, effective November of 2019... Uh, children must stay rear facing until the age of two. Two years old, yeah. rear facing. These least, are they're dynamic, right? They they always seem to be changing
0: these laws. So it's great that someone's in tune with them and then teaching the public of what's going on. Yeah. So just go back to the car seat thing, you know. So I'm a I'm a grandfather getting ready to install. Like you, you went through a week long technician course. Obviously, you're well in tune with it. What what would be like the one or two errors we all make? What what's the most common error of someone when they're installing a car seat that you see that that causes
2: danger to the kid? And, so the biggest thing is, in terms of the seat belt, the, the uh, shoulder and lap belt, yeah. you have to change the retractor. So basically, you know when it's comfortable for the driver or a passenger, when you're in a vehicle, you can move forward and back, and the, the belt doesn't lock on you. Right. But in an emergency or if you slam on the brakes, the belt will lock. Mm-hmm. Well, if you just put that through the car seat, that seat's going to be sloppy throughout the ride. The kid's going to be bouncing left and right. Right. And even in an accident, it's already out of position. So that's not a good thing. So they never reset the retractor. So basically, yeah, it's one of those things where you have to take the seatbelt all the way out till it's far, as far as it can go, okay. and then that'll lock it. And then gotcha. as you start sleeving it back into the retractor, now it's locked. I bet most people never even think about that. Well, that's the biggest that's mistake. So yeah. once you do that and you put some weight on it, which is basically just pushing pushing down the seat with your hand, and then sleeving the belt back into the retractor with your other hand. It locks it up. It'll lock it. And you only want that base closest to the back of the vehicle to move one inch. Wow. So, I mean, that's the biggest mistake we see. Correct. And then also the harness. I mean, kids come into the fitting stations with harness that's not properly. They're just going to fly right out of this if it's not taut. right? A yeah. lot
1: of the issues is, too, and it's, it's understandable that the parent doesn't want to make their kid uncomfortable in the car. Right. And, oh, it's too tight or they're, they fidget or even in the winter when you have those, uh, large, uh, snow suits on, right. those aren't really conducive to safe environments in a car seat. So, um, like Sale said, the retractable mechanism in the seatbelt, and then the comfort in the seat itself, it's, it's designed to keep people safe. It's not designed for optimal comfort. Right. So we, Teach people that, you know, maybe put a blanket on over the child when they're in the car seat. Don't have them in that huge snowman suit. snowsuit that looks cute and fuzzy right. and comfortable because it's it doesn't allow the seat belt or it doesn't allow the, uh, the car seat to do its job. Gotcha.
2: That's great advice. And, and like you said, in terms of the age of the child, there's, there's four stops, right? So they're going to start rear-facing and they're going to stay there until at least age two. Eventually, they're going to progress to a forward-facing car seat, which some of these you buy may be just rear-facing only. So at that point you got to buy a new one. A lot of people are now buying a convertible one. Mm-hmm. So at, at age two, you can spin it around and now make that kid forward facing, and then from there they're going to progress to a booster seat, which Phil, you mentioned you're still in, um, <laughs> and then. Well, it is based right, on. This is not a visual program, so let, let me describe. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Let's, let's say that the max height weight in the booster is usually 110 pounds or over four feet nine. This is the pot called the
0: title. Yeah. Deputy <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I'm sorry. You'll get me back. So, Oh, you will. And I'm going to set them up here in a second. I know. <laughs> so then from the booster seat to the seat belt is the progression. All right. That's mm-hmm. interesting.
0: You know, uh, How do people find this course? And then we're going to, Phil, I'm going to come over here. We, have, we jumped right into one subject, and I want to just go more in general what we do here as a, as a community services unit, right? So, uh, but... How do people find you? They want to do this car seat thing. They want to see an inspection.
2: They're really nervous. They've got their first child on the way. For sure. So website, MonroeCounty.gov, information on the laws, where fitting stations may be or certain events, as I mentioned earlier. And you can also make appointments. So Jean Treist is the main contact. We work with her, 585-753-3018, or Jean Treist, J-E-A-N, T R I E S T at Monroe dot gov is her email. And Jean Trees is all one word. Yes. Yep. She's
1: Here's a great lady. Place. She's she loves what she does. Yeah. She, her sh- main so knowledgeable. goal is to keep the kids in the county safe. That's awesome.
0: That is awesome. So going back to you, uh Deputy Phil. Yes, sir. All right, we jumped right into it only because Sale didn't want to do it, so we we went down that uh that tour of uh car seats. I was, I, your papers were out of order. I, I had them in order, <laughs> and then now we well, he's got <laughs> a number, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not staying on his script. But how about just a quick overview of the community service unit? So the sheriff's office, part of the idea behind the badge is we introduce people to the people, you guys, that are behind the badge, but also the sheriff's office as a whole. Who are they? What the different units do? Uh, so if you are going to describe what you guys do for a living, obviously we, we found out about car seats. Mm-hmm. You know, wh- What's the purpose? What's the, the mission of, of a, why do we put manpower into a community services unit?
1: Manpower in the community service unit is really, really important. It's the outreach that we have to show people who we are, what we do, and more importantly, how we do it mm. and why we do it. Uh, everybody sees on TV, on the news or on their uh, police shows, uh, the things we do and not necessarily the reasons behind it or um, why we do the things we do. Uh, so the, the community services unit, we go out, we uh, we interact with the public. It's more of a proactive approach. Instead of a, someone calls nine one one and needs the police at their house, mm-hmm. um, we go out into the community and we're proactive in reaching the citizens of Monroe County and giving that message of why we do the things we do, and more importantly, or also why we do the things we do and what we do.
0: So we, we one of the things you do and it's great outreach, great for public safety, obviously for the children in particular, the car seat. So what other things do we do in the in the, in the services unit, and what 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 point do you like the best? I so guess. What do you really get in? We know. have
1: a lot of important programs, um, and we've prepared to talk about a bunch of them here today. Um, one of them is the DARE program. Um, we, we teach. Uh, there's five deputies in our in our unit that uh, teach the DARE program. Um, little... Say i just fell into his mic. Not, it's your chance to get even. <laughs> he just hit it with the top it. of his head.
0: Uh, <laughs> I would, uh, that, that's why he's not on the bomb squad right there. We all would have been dead. <laughs> I got you, Phil. I'll, I'll cover you. Appreciate you. <laughs> so
1: the Dare program we teach, we have five deputies that teach that program. Um it's a it's a huge program in Monroe County. We we uh reach about twelve school districts wow. in Monroe County. Mm-hmm. We're in uh a bunch of classes in Monroe County. We we teach to about forty two hundred kids a school year that's, with that's phenomenal. with phenomenal outreach. With five with five deputies. So right. the uh, bang for the buck there is huge. Um, so that program, a little bit of background, it was founded in 1983 by Darrell Gates, the then police chief of Los Angeles, and he, he partnered with the Los Angeles Unified School District to come up with a program that uh, combated drug use or the epidemic that they had in the 70s and 80s in Los Angeles. It's since gone through many revisions over the years, obviously. We've got many, many years in between then and now. Um, and the latest revision is in 2013. Um, DARE America said, let's change a little bit of our message and not only teach these kids about drugs and the effects of drugs in their life, but let's teach these kids safe and responsible decision making. Right. So, your audience may remember the DARE program as um, Drug Abuse Resistance Education, that acronym that flies around all the time. Um, in 2013, they changed that message a little bit and they changed the acronym to Uh, a decision-making model, a four-step process. So that acronym now is a define, assess, respond, and evaluate uh, process. And it's a, like I said, it's a four-step decision-making process that you can use throughout any aspect of your life, not only drugs and things like that, um, in order to make safe and responsible decisions. So it's a, our main focus right now is fifth grade and it's a 10 lesson uh, program uh, that teaches kids that ability to make safe and responsible decisions. We talk uh, some of the topics are about alcohol and tobacco. We touch on those things and, and, and what they are and how they're used. Uh, we talk about stress. We talk about bullying, which is a, a big topic in, uh, the public schools and the, uh, elementary schools. Uh, we talk about peer pressure. Right. Uh, we talk about avoidance strategies. Yeah. Um, and back when the, back when the, the program was first started, it was more of a lecture. It was more of a police officer standing in the room mm. telling you, "Don't do this stuff, uh, make safe decisions." And it was it, there wasn't a real dialogue between the students and the officers, and that's changed tremendously over the last uh, several years. So now it's more of a, a dialogue where the kids are actually up and working in the in the room in their little groups and with shoulder buddies right. and 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 things like that, little micro groups. They do role plays, yeah. uh, and you know if you can remember back in school when you wanted. You were asked to do a role play. You were like, I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. And then <laughs> after the first two kicked you off, you, you wanted to do more, and there right. wasn't a time to do more and things like that. So it's it's really been successful. Um,
0: what uh, You know, one of the things I think is the most important, that's why I'm not in the bomb squad. I just dropped my phone. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no comment. No comment. Smart. Smart. Go ahead, deputies. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I preach this all the time, whether I'm helping people, I'm coaching them to their next promotional exam. I'm working with my kids to try and go through a problem, you know, at school or something like that. A problem-solving method, and there's many of them out there, but it's so important that we train the brain, we train people, especially under stress or peer pressure, to go through that decision-making model, right? First, define the problem. What are we really, really talking about? Come up with possible solutions, analyze them, make a decision, and evaluate how it worked. There's a lot of different ways to do that, but it's so important that we see big businesses, we see CEOs, we see kids under peer pressure, the whole gamut of making bad decisions because they don't have a problem-solving method in their head to fall
1: back on. Yeah, and it even goes a step further with that. Like, uh, we all make bad decisions. We're all not perfect. Nobody's perfect. We've all made a decision that we, if looking back on it, we wouldn't make again. And that's part of that evaluate process. So even when the the decision-making process is over, there's still room for improvement. Um, so So important. That's life and it's it's allowed us to get into the classrooms to make uh, a positive interaction, a positive impact with with the kids and the teachers. Mm-hmm. and it's it's not just that fifth grade class. It's when you walk into that school, there's kids in the hallway. there's there's faculty in the hallway. Right. Uh, they see you you interact in a in a positive it's a positive environment yeah. and um, you're part of the community right. And the one big thing I love about it is is that, It's the dialogue now. Those kids are not afraid to ask us questions. And we even have a, it's called a dare box, where kids can drop notes anonymously, and each day we start off the lesson that we go into that box and we read those questions. And that allows that kid that's sitting in that classroom afraid to ask a question about something because he thinks it's not a good question or he thinks that he's the only one that has that question. It allows that kid to get that answer. That's awesome. That's awesome.
2: And, Phil, you touched on the role plays and... and that plays into it in terms of middle school program that we have as well. So we have resistance strategies that we teach these students, such as refuse, explain, avoid, and leave. And and we bring in, we try to get the trainees, our blue shirts, involved as much as we can, and get them out of the office and do different things. So when we bring in trainees for role plays at the middle school, at Really amps up yeah. the stress, right? So these kids are. Eh, I don't want to really get involved with this, but we bring props in. We have, you know, fake drugs and empty, you know, beer bottles and things like that. And we try to get that kid that may be on the shy side in class. Or I talked to a teacher who we put on the spot here, and we were bringing the trainee this is someone that's older, someone they don't know, and they start pressuring them. It feels real, All right? So the reaction to that, you know, they get red. They're on the hot seat but they learn from it, and then we debrief and we talk about it. So they're able to practice those skills, kind of like what we do at work. I mean, we get involved with role plays. They're able to practice those skills in the classroom amongst their friends, trying to take it as serious as possible. But then in real life, they'll have an opportunity to use that. And that actually happened to my oldest son. He was able to use some of the strategies that he did in his middle school program when he was offered drugs uh, at a local club. Yeah, so it was just an awesome opportunity. He actually came back to the school. And they had him as a guest, and he shared that story with the uh, 7th graders. Something he learned from you or learned because he went through a .A D.A.R.E. program? Through the D.A.R.E. program. That's phenomenal. And so we feel like in terms of the positive interaction with the community, we're trying to build those relationships, and us being there is huge. That's part of it. We know that we're talking, and we're talking to every kid, every student, the same message. But it's not reality to say every single student will do something the right way because of us. However... We know that if we impacted one student and we kind of steered their ship the right way and they, they took the right path mm-hmm. versus the wrong path, that's a win. That's huge. Absolutely. Did we save their life? We don't know. Yeah. We may never see the fruits of the labor, but we know that that's positive interaction that you can't erase. Yeah. And that's why, we're, that's why we're part of it and that's why we're passionate about it. Yeah, you guys
0: are passionate about it, and I appreciate that. I also, uh, another project you guys run that's I. I really appreciate because i think it's all good for the kids but i also think it's a a breeding ground for our future and that's the teen police academies you know recruiting young people teenagers of all people into a week-long very stressful environment that teaches them about uh, law enforcement right and, and the things we do but also maybe get some steered towards a job in, in some type of career in law enforcement so uh, let's talk a little bit about who wants to share the, the team police academy what we're doing there and You're doing two this year, COVID's gone, and we're going to do two again?
1: Yeah, we're going to do two more. This is, like you said, it's our flagship program, I believe. And the man sitting across the table from me actually started the whole thing. So I'll I'll give him his credit there. He he invented it. He took the blank page and... Along with... Along with Deputy John Payne. Yes, sir. I just played it up. I, like, this is one of my favorite programs. I since I took it over, it, so. since, since I it, took it over, it's bigger and better. It's and bigger and better. It's evolved. It's
0: evolved. <laughs> so let's talk about the Team so, Police Academy. So the
1: Team Police Academy, like you said, it's a one-week program. Mm-hmm. We do two separate sessions. So we do two programs, uh, one week each. Um it's designed to give school-aged kids grades 9 through 12 a look at what it's like from application to employment with a police department in New York State and more specifically our department because they're gonna get a open eye view of everything we have and everything we do um, we canvass all 21 school districts in Monroe County the Rochester City School District private schools in the area uh, all Monroe County students and residents um, this year, and we did it last year too. In the face of COVID, we right. we were able to uh, make a program that was successful, and we had a really good turnout. Uh, so this year again, our numbers are pretty much the same. We've had over 100 applicants, and we can we're a little limited right now with our with our enrollment. We can only take 20 students each week, and that's because of the guidelines with COVID right now and being in the classroom and things like that. So 100 applicants. It's a really competitive program. We can take 20 each week, so a total of 40. Um, it's again. It's designed to give them that look at what it's like to become a law enforcement officer in New York in New York State. Uh, typical week, we start every morning with some sort of PT, some physical training. Uh, that's geared to get the kids um, used to the Cooper standards that they're going to need to pass in order to progress in the application process, the civil service process. So, you have to meet some physical fitness requirements: sit-ups, push-ups, mile and a half run. Um, so we get the kids moving in that direction to let them know what they need to do and how they need to do it and what they need to reach uh, those goals. Then we move into the classroom where, like we talked earlier, we bring in um, all different people from all over the sheriff's department. All the bureaus are involved in. And in that's this. a unique
0: part. We have we're not just road patrol law enforcement. Correct. So you got to share.
1: So again, we bring people in from all over the sheriff's department, and we uh, give the kids a, a look at what they do. We give the kids a look at how they do it. And more importantly, this is the big one, why they do it. Everybody sees police doing things. And sometimes they're left to surmise why we did something. That can be dangerous. So we give them a look at why we do the things we do. Uh, And then one of the big things is we tour all of the facilities that the sheriff's department has. So we're going to get them into that jail. We're going to show them how it works. What a good experience, huh? We're going to show them how that court process works. We're going to bring them into the courtrooms. We're going to let them see... Uh, actual things in progress and and the day-to-day operations of these buildings. Um, We'll go to our our crime analysis center. We'll go to our 911 center so that they can understand um, how it works, how the system works.
0: I Uh, love how you say the why. You know, give them the why. It's huge. You see a lot of stuff, but no one really understands the why. And sometimes sometimes
1: when you're left to make that inference on your own, uh, it can be dangerous. And, And so it's a good look at why we do the things we do. And then we give them a little sneak peek at all of our special operations so we take them out to our special operations building we let them uh, it's kind of like a show-and-tell day for those those guys um, we give them a look at our scuba team our SWAT team our hostage negotiation team we have a drone team um, so they get a look at what those folks do right and they get a look at the stuff that they have to do that job uh, efficiently and professionally
2: so how long ago did you start this program 2014 was
1: our first yeah. year,
0: and coming up in seven years. It's awesome. A- a- have you seen any of these kids realize yet into law enforcement?
2: Yes, actually, this this program has turned into an, a recruitment tool. Exactly, it really has, exactly. which is we didn't expect that in the beginning, right? You know, we did it to say, hey, this is not a scared straight program. This, these are for good kids, like for all those cool things Phil mentioned. Right. It's a reward to be here. Right. These are overachievers. These are good students. These are kids that are doing the right things in their communities. They're volunteering. They're playing sports. They're involved in, you know, theater, whatever they want to do. Yeah. And we're working with the administration and, and teachers who are recommending these kids because, again, it's a very competitive uh, process to to get in. So we do give uh in terms of selection, we give priority to upperclassmen just because their time's gonna be limited in the high school. Um, not to say we can't have a good freshman, but obviously priority is going to the upperclassmen. So in, in terms of that recruitment tool that it just kinda turned into, it's it's so rewarding to see all you know, you're walking at headquarters and all of a sudden you realize there's a blue shirt, a trainee. You you know, right. w- yeah. what are you doing here? All of a sudden they're they're with us. That's great. And then that turned into we ha- we actually have uh, several that are sworn jail deputies now that's great and, and in fact we have one in, in the jail uh, class right now and there's our first two teen recruits that have joined the road patrol so we have Jacob Napier who started off with our uh, as a was an academy teen recruit yeah, I know he that. was a trainee here yeah. he worked uh, as a sworn deputy in the jail and now he's in our um, yeah. road class which actually deputy Payne had an opportunity to, to visit him at the Academy uh, during the pepper spray day. So he was able to film it and send me a uh, a little video yes. of that. So it was it was right. kind of like a proud papa moment. <laughs> also, <were> <laughs> uh, Bradley Finn is a, another uh, teen recruit and he, he was a trainee and now he was hired with the East Rochester Police Department. That's great.
0: Yeah, I always look at it like we started this conversation out. This, this is the building block, right? So you know, we're using this progressive way to onboard people in our organizations, whether it's us, and I like East Rochester Stolen. I mean, that's fine, because we, we need good people serving in law enforcement. Uh, and then using the trainee positions, which are, for people that don't know, our minimum wage jobs here, people put on a lighter blue uniform, but they it's like a it's almost like a paid intern position. And, and But they're driving around in police cars, doing things. Uh, and then the next uh, great opportunity that we have that no one else has is, is our jail bureau. You can hire these guys at 19 years old Civil service unionized jobs, retirement jobs. You're already starting to build that pension at, at 19 years old, and, and it's yeah. So putting it all together in one you know progressive process that maybe we can onboard our organizations. And you got to share a story. There was a it was two years ago, I believe. There was a young man. We just started recruiting from the city of Rochester for. I don't know if you did it before, but it was one of my emphasis. Make sure we make sure city school district kids are eligible to come to our academy. And uh, I remember there was one kid that was walking to the academy uh, every day. He was living somewhere in the city, and if you don't know him, but it it was so impressive that this kid was getting up early in the morning. What time do you guys start? 8 o'clock,
1: that bell rings. 8 o'clock, yeah, yeah, and
0: you gotta be in the seats.
1: Gotta be there before you start.
0: This kid was walking to and from for five straight days. To go through this very intense training, I'm like, that's the attitude we're looking for. If he's doing it at, at as, as a teenager, yeah. imagine what type of employee when we start paying this kid uh, good
2: money. Yeah. It's so exciting that what you're developing there. It's awesome, and you know, some of these kids don't know what they want to do, and that's fine. Right. I mean, 16, 17 years old, it's hard yeah, to have no that knows, vision right, to course. say, "Geez, I'm going to do something for the rest of my life." But you know, some kids just want to do it because they want to be involved with something new and exciting for the summer. It's a one week commitment and maybe they just want to improve on their leadership skills because there's so many different opportunities within this teen academy we're very proud of that program
0: how many people uh in the community services unit you mentioned dare officers earlier but so we have five five okay so
1: five uh five deputies myself sale khadijah fong sean mayo and donnie green you got a good crew we got got a good crew
0: I got Miss Fong busy all the time with uh, <laughs> Mr. Clay Harris and uh, the Unity Hope. You guys been involved with uh, Clay yet? Yes, sir. We got to give him a shout out. Clay the is Clay is a worker. Delivered blankets uh, for him, yeah. oh, I think. Oh, great. That, uh, he, uh, he, he, he's always pushing the envelope, man, does he have a heart. Um, he's probably the only guy out there really screaming right now about saving people's lives. And we got to talk about this violence thing going on. And so I appreciate you guys supporting him and and all his uh, efforts. Uh, he, he's a go-getter. So <laughs> get on board and go because you're going for a ride when Clay's... Please sets us up for uh, the next project. Listen, uh, we're going to wrap up the show. We we so appreciate you guys sharing a little bit about who uh, your your unit is, who you people are behind the badge as as human beings, Uh, a little bit about yourself as we started this program out, Uh, understanding every time I I do these shows, I think people just get a better glimpse of who we are as cops, right, who we are as law enforcement, what what great servant hearts you have, uh, developing our future uh, well beyond we leave that some of these kids will be working and we'll be retired it's amazing that you're developing that next level so we finish up the show no miranda zone miranda warnings you're familiar with it you have the right to remain silent everything you say can and will be used against you in the court of law this you have no right to remain silent i'm the sheriff that's why i call it no miranda zone i throw out some questions and the simple question Sal, if you're going to hashtag phil on a twitter or facebook well, how would you hashtag him what would be his hashtag Easy going, funny dude. Easy going, funny dude. Hashtag. <laughs> that was very nice. You, can't, now he, you were going to get smart when I did not I helped. <laughs> <you>. I, <laughs> he I helped, helped himself up. for the booster thing. Oh, mm-hmm. that was <laughs> lovely. That was so caring. <laughs> I actually see a tear coming out of your eye. <laughs> <laughs> so with that nice one, how would you hashtag Sal?
1: My hashtag him is silence makes no mistakes. <laughs> so explain that one. That's cool. He's, he's a quiet one. and yeah. You know sometimes it's better to listen than talk and well, uh, i think that's one of the things that uh, i see that he does he listens and well, doesn't always start to talk it's before a great skill takes it all in it's it's a tough skill i suck at it <laughs> i really do i'm always you know yeah. but
0: stephen covey you know seven habits of highly effective people one of the most profound ones is seek first to understand yep. then to be understood listen and you got to listen and it's, you know am I? it's not not that I don't try. It's just my personality. That's a great skill sale, and yeah. so that's a that's a long hashtag, though. I don't know if I can well, fit thank that. You. That takes up the whole tweet. I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> right. I not much else to say about him, so. <laughs> 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 Phil, if
0: you're going to uh, sit home and binge watch a show, what would it be? What's your, what's your binge uh, watch show so right now?
1: I watch Ray Donovan. I watched uh, Ray Donovan for. It got to a point where. My wife and I were watching the show and the kids needed to go to bed and we were like, "Oh, could we squeeze one more episode in before they With go to the bed?" Kids, yeah. yeah, I have a, a daughter and a son at home, 13 and 11, and it got to the point where we were so engrossed in the show that we were talking to ourselves about, "Oh, the kids could go to bed a little later. They'll, get <laughs> out, they'll be fine." And we were like, "What are we doing here?" What are we doing? <laughs> it's an addiction. Yeah, it was. It was fun.
2: So, what are you binge watching? What are you going to? I'm going old school. Yeah. Happy Days. R- it's, you got to go basic wow, when things simpler throwback. times and you know me. TV just got it on the DVR recording them and just the old cars, the the fifties music, and yeah. just like I said, simpler times.
0: Arthur Fonzarelli.
2: Bring it back to basic. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. <laughs> Haven't heard that one yet. That's a good one. That's fantastic. Well, we're gonna finish finish up on uh, on a happy ending there. That was good. <laughs> uh, think about the. Laverne and Shirley came off that right. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, Squiggy. Squiggy. I'm trying to think of the characters. Now you got my, my sure. mind going crazy. They had different <laughs>
2: guests show up throughout the shows, like Laverne and Shirley, uh, Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy. Mark and Mindy. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot yeah. started there. Yeah, That's funny. And he
0: I was always jumping things on his motorcycle. That's what I remember. He was oh, in the yeah. parking lot. Of, the what Mar- was Mar- the name of the? Arnold's. 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 Wow. Yeah. This is good. We should do a whole show on throwback TV sitcoms and the trivia. We've got it. So, folks, if you're going to do a Trivia Pursuit class, sales number is... 911. Awesome, guys. Thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you here for 30 quick minutes, and uh, I hope people appreciate uh, you and the unit and what you're doing for the community. Thanks for joining us.
1: It's great to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank
0: you, sir. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of MCSO Behind the Badge. In between episodes, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Monroe Sheriff NY. Until next week, be safe.